Hello, welcome to the Wildlife Gardener podcast. Um, my name is Thomas Nutt and today I'd love to talk about helping bats in your garden. I think bats are very innately interesting to humans because they're so different from us and other mammals that we are so accustomed to seeing. And they are really, really important um, to ecologists and people that study the environment of how because they are such important ecological indicators, um, they're really sensitive to changes, um, primarily that we will cause. So if like pollution, sound pollution, um, changes to their habitat, um, things like that, they're all going to affect them a lot. So you'll you'll see it in them really quickly, and you'll better recognise there is a problem, and try and rectify it. So I think that's really important going into the future of how. Um, on like a sort of national scale, international scale even, how we monitor wildlife, um, looking at those species like bats um, and how they are affected. We have 18 species of bats um, native in the UK. Um, the most common is the common pipistrelle and I definitely see them a lot around my house and um, in the sort of countryside near me. Um, as they're just the ones that will come out earliest in the evening. You'll see them as sort of dusk starts to come in, in the summer, spring and early autumn. You'll see them um, flitting around in the in the early light and it's just such a lovely thing to see. And it really just makes me feel, I don't know, I just, I just have a connection to them. I don't know, I just really appreciate them. And the rarest, um, well, one of the rarest is the Barbastel bat. So I think it's quite important um, for gardeners, wildlife gardeners, to understand the native, like the proper native habitats that the animals we try and encourage and would like to see around us um, naturally would have lived in before we changed um, landscapes, um, made large herbivores go extinct like aurochs um, and tarpan. You have to really think back to that point. And I think especially with rewilding projects going on around the UK, um, we're sort of understanding how how species should be interacting with each other, the environment, and how they naturally should be living. And it, you see them sort of flourishing in a way that you just wouldn't have expected. Um, so I just wanted to sort of say a bit about what um, natural habitats are for bats. Obviously, um, bats primarily by their food, insects, um, night flying insects such as moths and other other flying insects and they obviously really do well in scrubby um, areas, pieces with long grass and also water because that will have lots of aquatic um, insects like damselfly, um, not damselflies, uh, sorry, um, mayflies and things like that and there'll all be um, so many things that will just be like exploding especially in like um, early summer they'll be coming out of there and they'll be feeding feasting on that and Dorbenton's bats are ones to spot um, if you see them hunting above water and gardens can be rich resources but they actually do emulate these these habitats of sort of scrubbiness because they've got um, shrubs in with hedge lines and um, obviously with grass and some will have um, water sources such as ponds and things so it's just um, a really vital habitat as obviously their natural habitat is quite depleted really and obviously nesting sites which they need to roost in 
and also have their mater um their maternity roosts, um and houses can um provide that sort of older houses especially ones with holes letting them get into nooks and crannies into the loft or attic and things like that so you know it's just um being aware that houses and that sort of landscape is actually really providing bats with a key um foothold in our landscape and bats are really declining so we sort of have a duty of care that we are we have patches of land they may not be huge and have this they may not may not have a massive impact but as these species are declining um i think it's just really important to do do your bit um and even the commonest species i said earlier the common pipistrelle has declined by 70% since 19 in the period between 1978 and 1993 and that's just astonishing that's not really a very long period of time and it's just declined so much and we consider consider that as one that's um quite common and i think that's really shows and imagine what the um declines are for rarer bat species that rely on habitat that is definitely being depleted further and further and the causes of this are habitat loss um modern housing is so neat and everything is all sort of crisp and there are no gaps nooks and crannies everything is insulated and obviously that's good for um making houses better at um losing heat and that's obviously helping with climate change however um it's obviously reducing habitats that would have been there in the past and obviously intensification of agriculture taking up more land pesticides herbicides they're all going to have an effect on insect populations and that's their prey and that's going to feed into their into their food and obviously affect them in the end i just thought i might say a little bit about why i love bats because i know most people some people find them sort of a bit creepy and they come out at night and there's obviously things like vampires are associated with them and it's sort of in our folklore that they've been demonized but i do think that i do think they are really sort of special and quite beautiful the way they um the way they fly and flit everywhere and i i i don't know if other people experience this but i can actually hear some bats um echolocating i'm not sure if i have a, a sort of a sixth sense or something but um i can actually sometimes hear well actually quite a lot of the time like even when i'm lying in bed in summer and my windows open i can hear i can actually hear the clicks and i'm sure others can too and i just find that so amazing that you can sort of hear their just incredibly special and different way of communicating and i just i don't know i just find them really lovely um so obviously how can we help the bats? How can we m make sure that they can really um, grow in populations and do our bit to make um, the areas around us just thrumming with bats at night? Um, obviously, a pond is the best thing you can do for wildlife in a garden. It's just going to boost the biodiversity just exponentially, and it's just going to be incredible. And any size, any size of pond, even a container pond is going to have an effect because it will... Um, create larvae obviously there'll be so many other species that will benefit from it but it will help bats because they'll have those aquatic insects that will they'll be able to feed on and also larger bodies of water they'll come and drink because they, they need obviously they need water um, and they can skim across and take a little gulp of water on the wing which is a really special thing to watch um, and I think 
as gardeners, we want to have an attractive garden. Obviously, you want to have beautiful borders and things, well, depending on what style of gardening you like. And just augmenting the plants that you're going to be putting in those beds is really going to make a difference. I really do try and plant um, annuals, perennials, lots of different things that are going to attract night-flying insects and pollinators like moths. I am, I'm a big fan of um, nicotinia um, and I just... I just love how they look. They just sort of glow out in the in the night, especially the the white ones. I think Nicotina grandiflora's are really 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 good um specimen and it just grows um and flowers um for a really long period of time. I also grew another one which was um from Sarah Raven and it was I sowed the seeds and it was I think it was called Whisper Mix and it was this lovely lovely mix of sort of pastel pinks it was just beautiful and that really flowered for a long time i'm definitely going to grow that again next year i'm also going to grow um nicotinia grand um not grandiflora sorry um nicotinia langsdorfii um which has sort of limey limey green um flowers and then they have um lovely sort of sapphire blue anthers that are just gorgeous and i'm really excited for that and that will obviously help moths. You can also obviously use um, other um, plants such as honeysuckle which is um, really intoxicating scent and hesperus because just think about the plants that will really produce that scent at night and that will really really help to attract those um, moth species and also planting planting moth food plants which um, you know, there are so many that you can easily incorporate into a garden, like forget-me-nots and nettles, um, apple, um, even cultivated apple varieties are really going to be good. So you can think about all these different things and that will really help. Um, and I would say if you have an older house, you can encourage and tolerate them if they are nesting in a house. And also it's really important to say that all bat species are... Um, under legal protection, you can't move a roost. So if they are in your um, attic and that's irritating you, just think about the fact that obviously it's illegal to move them and try and tamper with them in any in any way. Um, but just really appreciate the fact that they've chosen you and you're giving them this amazing habitat. And you could even have some really, really um, rare bats like um, horseshoe bats and um, all different things. You know, it, you've just... You don't know what could be there and maybe even get a bat detector to um, be able to enjoy and sort of work out what the bats are that are living there. And you'll be sort of feel more connected to them if you're sharing your space with them. And if you can't um, have bats nesting inside your building, um, putting bat boxes up is a very good idea. Um, I'm going to be putting up some bat boxes this year in the spring. I'm really excited about it. Um, I've chosen them out. Um, pick them out and I've got one which is a really big one is a maternity box and it's got three um, um, sort of areas that they can um, go into like um, slits that go in to the bat box and I'm really excited because I just we have lots of bats around me because um, luckily um, I live close to a large area of woodland and then there are sort of and all the gardens are quite um, open and large so it's quite a good space for bats and there are lovely lots of old trees and older houses they can they can nest in um roost in and so i'm really excited because i'm i saw lots of them flying around the house last year and i um 
played actually I played the, their um, echo locations out to attract see if I could attract specific species and it was really really interesting to see sort of like the size of the bat when you play different ones so I'm definitely gonna be very excited to see what comes to those bat boxes I also saw these really ingenious things like little bat shelters they're sort of they almost look like a roof tile that you stick to the side of the house and they can just go under there for shelter in the in the day and they're just really ingenious mm. so I'm probably gonna try and see if I can get some of those also at some point maybe in a in a year's time or something um I'm gonna give the bat boxes a go and see how see how they do I'm really excited because it would be so exciting to have bats nesting around on on the house um and one really important thing as bats have learned to live with people bats follow hedge lines say in fields they'll follow a hedge line to sort of navigate where they are and they'll echolocate off it and it will obviously bounce back as a solid object um and so in gardens they'll be able to use those hedge lines along gardens and they'll be able to use them to catch prey and sort of go back to as a sort of guide and a path so it's really important and hedgerow trees that are growing out of hedgerows also really important because they'll fly around those and catch prey off them um, so think about incorporating if you're thinking about putting a hedge in definitely a native hedge um, filled with like maybe a majority mix of hawthorn and others like blackthorn and hazel and lots of different things you can look and you can get them for um, I'd say a lot cheaper than um, if you get them bare root in the bare root season which is now so you can um, jump on that and have a lovely um, native hedge which will really benefit lots of wildlife and bats. So I really hope that um, in this episode I've maybe opened your eyes to bats and their declines and how we can help them and imagine if every single person across um, the country and then even across the world um, helped help the bat population and it would just be incredible and it would also um, affect and implement um, so many things that would help other biodiversity and communities of life around us. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you all next time.